Good morning and welcome to The Business Of. Today's topic is the business of bread. We have that Oprah tunes in, right? Because she loves bread. I'm happy to introduce my guest today, Don Guerra, owner and baker at Barrio Bread, a neighborhood bakery in the Broadway Village Shopping Center on the southwest corner of Broadway and Country Club that showcases the art and science of Don's passion for baking his bread. Don uses centuries-old baking techniques and locally grown heritage grains. Just thinking about it makes my mouth water. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and get started. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Heather. How's it going today? I'm having a great day. And this is your day off. You're actually not baking any bread today, right? It's kind of a day off. They're all kind of days off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the days off are the kind of days off. But uh, yeah, doing doing great. Um, It's been a busy week and ready to get into another busy one. Go ahead and tell me a little bit about the path that led you to start Barrio Bread. Wow. So it's been a it's been a long path. Um, my passion for baking started uh, when I was 21 years old, Flagstaff, Arizona. Mm-hmm. So a little bakery, Sundance Bakery on South San Francisco. It's my first baking job, of course, but just kind of fell in love with this idea of bread and being a bakery and right. making food for everybody. But Barrio Bread started, um, let's see, 2009. Okay. Um, 2009 officially started in my garage where I applied for a business license start up there and kind of formal. I mean, it was in my garage, you know, and I had this idea of um, getting the bakery going again, my Mm -hmm. bakery business. But in 2008, 2009, it was a really tough economic times, as we all know. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was no SBA loans. There was no borrowed money for business, small business. So I had to approach things differently. And that was, you know, thinking of how I can really have a bakery without all that expense and investment. And so I chose to do it out of my garage. Right. And mm-hmm. it worked. It worked it for how worked many years? Awesome. Wow. It worked for, you know, seven or eight years, almost eight years that I was in my garage, the bread monk. It was right. some tough times, but some good times. And I enjoyed every moment because really it was a lot of hard work and perseverance and right. building a company from a seed. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. The seed, quite literally. <laughs> exactly. And tell me, was there a significant moment that occurred that you were like, yep, I'm going back into the bread business? Was there something that occurred or had it just been this long lingering itch that you had from back when you had your Flagstaff shop? Yeah, it was the latter. You know, this long lingering itch I had. Mm-hmm. Selling my first company off, Village Baker, I had bakeries in Flagstaff and Ashland, Oregon. Thought at that time it would be a good idea, time and money to kind of take a rest and start another company. But mm-hmm. what happened was just this sort of confusion of who I who I was and mm-hmm. what I had been and what I had lost, which was the Village Baker. Truly was in these two small towns. So that's who I was, and that's who I realized who I was. But I needed to retool. Mm-hmm. And what I did is I sold the company and decided to go back to school, yeah, the University of Arizona, and get a, my teaching credentials from the University of Arizona, which proved to be the best thing for my life because it really prepared me for what was to come, which is be a bigger, stronger um, bakery and, you know, a stronger self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. And just to give yourself on many levels a stronger foundation so then you had a better springing board for your next evolution of yourself really yeah it really was because you know owning a business and having you know a team these are the skills i learned the pedagogy metacognition learning how people learn and trying to support people the best way for learning Mm -hmm. um that all that transferred into what i have now because my one of my strongest pillars of the bakery is education outreach not only for my staff but for community 
And I learned about all those things through the University of Arizona College of Ed program. Excellent plug. Mm-hmm. That's it's so true, though. That's fantastic. That honestly, the so best much from that experience. thing, the fantastic. best thing for my life, and I'm still, you know, proud to say I'm connected. I still get to um, guest present and guest lecture at the University of oh, Arizona okay. as adjunct um, staff. So oh, I'm I didn't really realize that. About that. That's great mm-hmm. to know. Very cool. And very comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. And since you were a teacher for many years, what would you say might be similar or different from teaching students to baking bread? I would think both take a lot of patience. <laughs> but tell yeah. us more about how maybe even being a teacher for all those years helped you along the way. Oh, it, it really prepared me. And that teaching career um, prepares you for anything, really. Sure. It prepares you for life. If you are a parent or not a parent, I mean... We all have people in our lives that we work with, have jobs that we need to function on a team level and interpersonal level. And these are the skills I learned through teaching. Mm-hmm. And really, it's about how to best support everyone to gain the max out of the team effort mm-hmm. or really the max out of any person or personality and whatever we're doing. So I had the best time working with students because you really have to break down what you want to teach. Mm-hmm and have an approach to it and we're all different learners and for so sure. for me the bread it's kinesthetic it's visual this is the best way to teach and the way i teach now um, even with video courses but this is how i approached it with my staff and in the community so a lot of it is getting out in the community t- teaching people how i do why i do it and engaging the total community not just a small group of people because I really want people to understand what I do. And what I do is a little bit different from most bakeries. You know, it's an investment in the local grain economy. It's building a local grain economy, which a lot of people don't know that this little bakery there on Southeastbourne is Mm -hmm. doing a whole lot more than making bread. It's raising a grain economy and stimulating agricultural efforts in our region. Very much so. It's an entire philosophy and the fact that you're so internationally connected as well with the work you've done. I know with Felipe Garcia over at Visit Tucson when you Mm -hmm. hooked up and went into Mexico. And then tell me again the name of the woman who hosts the show where you both were Oh yeah, Patinik. Yes, yes. So that alone was cool too because that way you're reaching an entirely new audience who may be doesn't live in downtown Tucson, but they saw that show, Patty's Kitchen. Right. And uh, and it still comes. Just, it's been a year, you know, over right. a year, and people are still coming to talk about it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. And it seems like every week it, I see some sort of new coverage where you've made a new list. And sometimes it's big-time newspapers or magazines yeah. or something. And so tell us, maybe for someone who's listening, whose business is just starting out, was that all luck, or, or what, how do you feel you really got that spark among the media and how that that flame grew? Yeah, I really think it comes down to being authentic, mm-hmm. you know, and having a passion for what you do. I mean, people realize that when they see someone really engaged with, with you know, a product or a service and just idea, concept, business model, whatever it is. Right. And so what I've done is pretty unique, you know, starting with this CSB concept, community supported baker concept out of my garage. One year later, um, having an opportunity to build a local grain economy, start to engage small scale farmers to grow, you know, Mm -hmm. these wheats um, in our region. So. All that has really come down to just being myself, and this is who I am. I have a passion for this plant. Mm -hmm. You know, this wheat plant is my fascination, and how to bring it to life and to make a food and serving community is also my passion. You know, I I grew up with this. I grew up in a a Latino family. You know, my dad's family from 
Magdalena and my mm-hmm. mom, Irish background. We're all about feeding people and celebration. Right. Of course, right? Irish Mexican. Wow, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, this is what I love to do and um it just stems from that. And the publicity, honestly, I don't do it for the accolades. I'm not doing it to get recognized, but what I do love about it is these big moments that are these these huge features I get through media is a chance for other people to become inspired by and it aware and aware and then next thing i know there's someone across the globe that's implementing some of my concepts and doing those things and they're calling me and asking for more advice and seeing people do this because i really think uh what i'm doing is not just the bread but it's a way to stimulate local food concepts and help people to shorten their the food chains to strengthen our own communities and rather than reliance on big ag or big business to supply us that's huge. so supporting community and community investment is really what i'm after and i just happens to be through this vehicle bread exactly you know how often i mean a, a family joke we have when one of us makes something that's really good we always say well, it was made with love, you know? And so <laughs> same thing with your bread, though. I, I feel like you can tell that it's yeah. been made with your passion. Right. And so it, it really does go across. You can you can taste it almost. So when you started back with your garage, what was, this time around, the very first loaf that you created? Was Because I know you have so many right now, mm-hmm. so many different flavors, the cranberry walnut, a jalapeno cheddar, but do you recall what was the first one out of the oven? Previous to Barrio Bread, like I mentioned, I had this company, Village Baker. So a lot of it was kind of going back to this reliance on what I used to do and how I used to do it because it scaled from that. Right. Um, I had, did have some practice. So my last, you know, really through the years I was teaching on Thursdays, I would make some loaves of bread out of my home oven. And it's kind of crazy, but really this was the start of Barrio Bread mm-hmm. is making bread for some school folks. And there was some families and some teachers that knew I was a baker. So I had this rehearsal, this practice, and I developed this this mother culture, the starter at home, started baking bread. And that was really cool. But I'd say like the biggest moment for me where I realized what I was going to do with Barrio bread mm-hmm. is when I made bread with white Sonoran wheat, which was almost a year and a half after I started. Okay. You know, before that I used to get some pretty decent flowers from California. I was proud of that. But then I started working with like Gary Nabhan, Native mm-hmm. Seed Search, mm-hmm. Bill McDormand, Seed Savers that were here local, but kind of in themselves national celebrities, you know. Sure. And, you know, Gary Nabhan being an ethnobotanist. But through that Native Seed Search grant, you know, SARE grant, Sustainable Agriculture Research Education grant, this was a grant that was written to grow chapalote corn and white sonoran wheat to try to upstart this grain economy that had been lost mm-hmm. with Green Revolution in the 50s. So it did work, but I remember Gary at his farm grew, you know, a couple acres of white Sonoran wheat, brought me this flour and said, hey, we want you on this team. What mm-hmm. can you do with this? And I made bread that night with that grain, and it was this aha moment, like, really? blow me away. Like, I saw a fast forward in my future to, like, what pretty much is now. I saw pretty clearly, like, what was going to happen. That's great. And I just said, okay, prepare yourself. Ready? Let's go. And... I realized right then, well, my path was being a baker, stimulating local grains economy and working with these local wheats to feed my people. And so it was really that moment where I really wanted that in my life and I went after it. And that's really the foundation of Barrio Bread right now. And I'm far from finishing my 
my journey. I got a long sure. way to go, but that's kind of where I'm at. And that's the biggest that. moment. Just blow me away. Right. And when you were talking about those grains, it reminded me of when Tucson was awarded the first United States City of Gastronomy. And part of that, it was a very lengthy application, but from my recollection, a part of it was because of all these indigenous type mm-hmm. uh, ingredients we use, mm-hmm. you know, using the uh, prickly pear and the mesquite. Oh, all sorts of all mm. sorts of things exactly mm. and so just hearing about you with the grains it reminds me of that how we're you're using it from a nearby source yeah and that's beautiful yeah and that's really um for me it's goes back to that community investment piece like trying to keep the economics inside mm-hmm. your own community and so and less reliance on outside and i right. think we've realized that during the economic crash of 2008 2009 and then it was again during covid that was right. incredibly apparent where no flour on the shelves, you know, mm-hmm. bakeries were closing down mm-hmm. or weren't able to make certain products because there just wasn't availability because you're dealing with brokers. Right. And so luckily for me, you know, having almost two years of grain and storage with farmers and other people, right. I realized the importance of that move that I made years exactly. and years before. And I don't recall where you went. I want to say it was somewhere in China, but that could be wrong. Where did you go where you then taught people how to use the grain that they were actually exporting. It was a big trip, Taiwan. Taiwan, mm-hmm. Taiwan. Yeah, Taiwan was huge. I've been using Facebook to just get some attention for what I was doing yeah. and mostly to like grip onto other people and what they were doing and to kind of like pull myself up and show my art, but also to like look at other what other people are doing. But I had people from Taiwan, you know, a senator from Taiwan that kept liking my posts huh. and I kept saying, you know, who is this person? Yeah. I kind of let it go on for a while. And then I finally asked and she, she said, uh, you know, we'd like to invite you to Taiwan, your full paid trip. We're interested in your model CSB. It aligns with our CSA. We're starting to develop the community supported agriculture model. Exciting. Will you come and present? So I got to teach at National Taiwan University and then do several bread seminars Neat. and speak at different functions. And so that was really amazing. And the farmers I worked with were black rice farmers. So they had a shift and their um, product going to local wheats. And mm-hmm. then the baker I worked with, Philip Wu, he was wanting to d- adopt my model, and he did successfully, and he's written several books on it now. And he oh my just fast-forward. Per- they're amazing. Yeah, the Taiwanese is the most beautiful, beautiful culture. and the- Yes, it's on my bucket list mm-hmm. pretty high. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. And speaking of you know, different cultures and whatnot, uh, company culture mm-hmm. is, a, is a big deal for me personally, and I've carried it into Tucson Metro Chamber, where I initiated a once-a-month team building, um, where each different staff member gets to choose what we do for that month. And each time, it really does bring us together more as a staff. And one of the times, we went to you. Mm-hmm. We went to Barrio Bread, <laughs> and we all made pizza together. And had an absolute blast. Oh, that's so th- awesome. Yeah, so that is an avenue that you have now. You know, I love teaching people. It's really happy. You know, it's been part of me my whole life pretty much. I've, I love to share what I know with other people. Um, and I found this out in college. I was mm-hmm. tutoring college algebra. So I was helping a lot of people pass that class. And they would always say, you're a natural born teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, I never realized that until I did go back to the College of Ed and study and then I really found myself 
comfortable mm-hmm. in, that, in that role. But now I get to do it for Barrio Bread. And so you had mentioned these sessions where the companies come in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fun for me. And it's really those learning experiences that bond people. Maybe someone has a little experience, but mm-hmm. when you realize you don't have a lot of experience, you come together with something in the end, some know-how and some fun times. It's kind of like the way I taught, you know, when I was a school teacher is, it's okay not to know, but but mm-hmm. making people try. feel safe in an environment. And I feel like if you can feel make people feel safe in an environment, you can unlock that part of their brain that opens them up to new experiences Definitely. and listening and trying. And so this is what I've done with the company is, is share these educational moments, which has really been the support of, mm-hmm. of the business and why so many people believe in the mission and vision. They love the bread, yes, of course, but I'm not sure they would stand in line for an hour to get the bread if there wasn't something else behind, mm-hmm. something stronger and bigger than That's the bread. That's a good point, you know? because they're supporting more than yeah. their need to eat delicious bread. They're supporting your philosophy of what you're doing with the community and how important that is. And this is Tucson. These are right. Tucson people. I mm-hmm. mean, if they see something, somebody doing good in the community, exactly. they're going to jump on it and support them. That's a really good point. I I'm agree grateful, with grateful, grateful, grateful. Right. And plus within Tucson, how... It's typically one to two degrees of separation mm-hmm. between people instead of the standard six. Uh, that the word of mouth here can really be helpful. In case someone's just now tuning in, this is Heather from Tucson Metro Chamber and the business of, and I'm interviewing Don Guerra, the owner and baker at Barrio Bread. You've been winning some awards, I see. Mm-hmm. There's this Tip Tree World Bread Awards. World yeah. Bread yeah. Awards? That sounds big. <laughs> okay. You're the winner of the Southwest. And then... Everybody's heard the name James Beard. Mm-hmm. So to be a 2020 James Beard semi-finalist, not just nominee, semi-finalist for Outstanding Baker. I mean, I know you say it, say that you do this for your philosophies and your love and the bread baking, but it has to feel great to win awards like this. <laughs> but tell us what you think, though. No. I should have put words in your mouth. <laughs> no, it's 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 overwhelming. It's it's awesome. It's incredible, um, and it gives me really validation that I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's most of it for me. I mean, I pretty much dedicated my life to bread baking mm-hmm. um, now for 31 years. When I really opened up to it and I saw like, wow, this is who I am. It has all the different things that I love. It's mm-hmm. it's the creating of food. It's the art. It's the science. It's the physicality of the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the long hours. It's all the things wrapped up into who I love being as a person, yeah. all the things I'm attracted to. And so, yeah, this these awards are like validation that I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. And I do know it. People closest to me know it. But it's nice to have that recognition from sure. other organizations or other people. You know, I don't, I don't always think about it. But, you know, if I go to Europe or if I go to Mexico, people are like, oh, Barrio, Brad, you're, you're Don, you know. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know these people. But it's right. they know me. And it's just cool to feel that way, to have this recognition inside of my industry. Sure. But like I said, I'm here to like support other people. And if it gives them an opportunity to be recognized for sure, but it feels great. It feels it's great. And I just love it because it brings recognition to our city too. Mm-hmm. Sure. That what we're doing here and what we have is notable. Right. Mm-hmm. Tucson is not tumbleweeds. It is actually filled with very cool people doing really awesome, interesting work. We're doing great things. Yeah. Speaking of cool people in Tucson, 
the Flores family, mm-hmm. and you paired up with them to create Barrio Charo, those amazing sandwiches. Tell us more about how that came to be. Yeah, so it started in, let's see, early February before COVID. You okay. know, it was so been, been, been some planning time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Ray and I connected. He had been kind of following what I was doing with Barrio Sandwiches. So mm-hmm. as this company right. had ATC, Which was very a side small hustle scale, of yours. little side hustle, yeah. yeah with, I remember that. With uh, Riley Chandler. Just, That's right. He was a chef and I was I was uh, his partner. And so it was a really like simple mm-hmm. like step into the restaurant world and how that worked. It was an Arizona theater company, a pop up mm-hmm. sort of yep. um, situation. But later Ray came to me and said, hey, I love this idea, these torta sandwiches. You mm-hmm. know, you're supplying the bread and you're doing this. So let's think about something together. And so he's a brilliant man. He's the hard, hardest worker I've ever met. His brain is always going and coming up with some great ideas. So mm-hmm. we started planning and then boom, COVID. And we thought, what are we going to do now? Are we just, are we going to drop this? What should right. we do? And we both said, let's just keep moving things forward. Let's keep the dialogue. Let's keep planning. And so, yeah, it was very attractive. I had known them, their family for a while. Carlota had been calling me probably every other month just checking in with me. She's kind of this mother figure to me, right. always wanting the best for me. And, and recognize that early on, you know, like. And the fact that she made time for that. Because she, she's a busy woman. She's herself, always making imagine. time. I'm so impressed. But, you know, she's always. She'd always been there for me, and nice. and she recognized the work I was doing and was proud of me. But yeah, Ray and I kept going. We thought, let's do this. We had another name for it, which is Dos Manos, and then it was like these two fists bumping in this mm. in this kind of logo. And we're like, ooh, COVID, we can't do that. <laughs> we're not touching. So he's like, okay, let's just leverage our brands, Barrio Charo. I was like, super. Let's I think that's go a good for choice. it. Yeah. yeah. So we've been having a good time. It's almost a year now. It's almost year now, January 12th. I think it'll be a year. So we're going to close out our first year. But Tell it was the neat. listeners where that is located, though, Barrio yeah. Charo. Uh, it is on Princeton Campbell in the Safeway Shopping Center. Right, yeah, tucked around to that. King. Yeah, yeah, close to King Street. So go north, north of Prince, and then right past there. Exactly, Hook the door left. faces east. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think it's been a success. It's been a lot of fun partnering with, with this family. Um, and just coming up with the menu must have been great. Just go doing all the tasting. Too much eating. Yeah, they're so good. It's hard to choose when you oh. go there. And you're staring at the menu. I want that and that and that. Yeah, <laughs> it's an amazing chef team. I'm so proud of our team and Very you know just cool. to come into it and be support. It's been amazing. That's awesome. And what other restaurants around town serve your bread? I, I feel like I see it on the menu often. Ooh, Do you yeah. know off the top of your head? The <laughs> cup, the Coronet's doing fantastic with it. Right. Uh, the Barnyard on East Side. Oh, that's okay. a new restaurant. Oh, yeah. Very proud of the restaurants. Like Food Conspiracy Co-op is doing fantastic right. with the bread. It's It feels so good to have the bread in so these restaurants. How many loaves a day do you produce? Mm, well, I'll tell you the biggest till of loaves I had. Um, right day before uh, Christmas, 1,200 pieces of bread. What? I loaded 1,200 pieces of bread and pulled them all out. And it was just a marathon. I mean, I love it. It's a record. Yeah, it's a record for that bakery. It's a thousand square feet, and twelve hundred <laughs> loaves were produced. Before it was a thousand. I thought, okay, I'm happy. A thousand square feet, a thousand loaves a day, but twelve hundred. Um, I'm proud of my staff. And I got to work that day. It's go time. There is sure. no messing around. I'm going to battle. You right. know, it just has yeah, to be. Hunker down. Yeah. So how much of the work of the physical work is done by machines, and how much is done by hand? Well, it's all hand-shaped bread. 
Hand-shaped bread. Hand-shaped but bread. It's, it's Yeah, mechanical mixers. Gotcha. But yeah, you need that when you're on the scale. Would be yeah, still, you're, you're tired at the end of those days. And I'm not getting younger, so I start to feel it now. Like 1,200 loaves, it took me out for Christmas, you know. Right. When you're saying that you hand-shape the loaves, it truly is art. I mean, you almost don't want to cut into some of them because they're just beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah all the loaves, really, it's, it's the loaves I've designed. Every piece is really about experience in my life. You know, right. where I've been, what I've done, you know, the mishaps that turn into the magic moments. All mm -hmm. these things are mm -hmm. barrio bread. And I'm proud to say it is my art. This is 31 years. Every job I've had, every experience, every travel is represented in the line of 30 breads that I have in this lineup of breads. Wow. And so it's really about Tucson, you know, all the different pigments that are the grains. Mm -hmm. The grains all have different colors, the seeds. Those are combined in ways that represent our desert, our Sonoran Desert. And I'm proud to say it's my art. It's my science. Every day is a new learning opportunity. I'm not a master. I'm not an expert. I'm just someone that's willing to have a relationship with this plant mm -hmm. and teach my staff, you know, the ways of the bread. I'm mm -hmm. never in control. I'm always just a shepherd. Because of that, I get to wake up every day with a new learning experience. And it's funny. I This is by now good you know three four years ago or something but I remember I came home one day and on our kitchen island there were three or four loaves of barrio bread just sitting there as a gift for yeah. my husband and yeah. I was like this is what makes me feel loved my countertop yeah just knowing that you know what you put into it and then how great it's going to taste what's your favorite do you are you even able to pick a favorite? You know, I always say they're all my babies. I'd hate to say like one child is, is you know, more Come favorable, on, but I <laughs> no. love these ancient grains. And I'd right. say the heritage bread, it's like the first I've crafted was one of the first I crafted local grains. It's got the stencil on it. You know, that, that baby mm, I'm so proud of. Um, but I remember when that was on the cover of uh, either, was it? Tucson Guide or was it Tucson Official Visitor's right. Guide? Mm -hmm. Tucson Official Visitor's Guide. Beautiful special, cover. special. Yeah. It was a shocker. It was on my feature in New York Times um, twice. And it was like, wow, special, special. We hear a lot of people saying that they have gluten intolerances. Just give us real quick. I, I've heard you answer this before mm -hmm. about the glycemic index. and It's oh. all about fermentation. Mm -hmm. It's about creating acid load on the bread, which is the sourdough culture. Sourdough is an acidic medium, 4.2 pH, that can really open the seed to unlock the nutrients mm -hmm. and the digestibility factor. So when you provide an acid load to more flour, water, salt, you can create a product that's low glycemic and low gluten because mm -hmm. the acid denatures that protein strand, which is a gluten, and then it pre-digests the starches. So what you're right. getting is a wow. food that's already been broken down mm -hmm. for your tummy and your, your digestive tract. So um, it it's less Wonder stress, <laughs> low inflammatory, not Wonder Bread. So a good, healthy grain product, and I really think fermentation is the key for all grains, you know, how okay. you're going to eat it. Mm -hmm. And people do get the inflammation when they eat bread that hasn't been properly fermented. Baker's yeast cannot do that trick. Mm. Sourdough culture, which is the most ancient bread-making technique. And isn't it true that people can stop by and get a free sourdough Oh, yeah. I give out the sourdough. I'm encouraging everyone to bake bread. Yeah, you know, this is part of my business. Yeah, for people to know. Teach it forward, and through that, I gain sort of this appreciation for it. Why don't we share knowledge? And, and cooking's fun. Cooking's fun. And food brings people together. Yeah, it really is a celebration. You were talking about your long line, your hour line, and mm -hmm. that can be the case at times, mm -hmm. but 
do tell people that they can order online. So now I have a delivery service on Thursday. Wow. Reinstituted that Thursday delivery service. Click and deliver or click and collect. They can pick it up at the bakery. They can reserve the bread ahead of time. Gotcha. These are practices I used to do when I was in the garage. So I'm just kind of going back mm-hmm. to what I did. Great. But I know now there's a lot of different pre- preferences how people shop. Sure. So a small business is kind of going with these big business sort of concepts. But it really comes down to like yeah. how to best serve my community and exactly. how to best get the bread to them if they really want it. And some people might not mind waiting in line because it gives them an opportunity to maybe make a new friend while they're standing there talking, right? 100%. And that's what happens. You know, my uh-huh. mission statement for Barrio Bread is connecting community through bread, plain and simple, one sentence. I wrote that, and that was a statement that I can say rings loud and clear mm-hmm. every single day at the bakery. Say it again. Connecting community through bread. So go ahead and tell everyone what are your hours, your location, Yeah, that, that sort of thing. The bakery is located at 18 South Eastbourne in the Broadway Village Shopping Center. My hours are currently Tuesday through Saturday, open at 9 a.m. And I would like to say a certain time, specific time for closing, but it's really when the bread runs out. The What's bread, an average? It's probably 1 o'clock, I'd say. Mm-hmm. 1 o'clock's a good gauge, but right. if you're not sure, call the bakery. We usually try to answer phones. Sometimes... Phone rings off the hook and we can't get to it because sure. I don't have a you know, receptionist. Call and find out what bread's remaining, but try to get down there. You know, I'll, I'll do my part of making sure the bread's on the shelves. And if you can just try to do your part, right. the community of getting there when the bread is offered. But and you have different breads offered on different days of the week, correct? 30 different breads in my collection and then about 16 different breads each day. And specialties happen every day. So look at the website, barriobread.com. Find out what breads are offered, more about the company. The About page is awesome to learn about what Barrio Bread is about. And then also have a new teaching site, breadlessons.com, is mm-hmm. where I show my methods. There's a new pizza there kit five product. Or six on there, right? Yeah, I have a new pizza kit uh, module. It's free. Pizza kits are $5.50. Just add water. And it's this new company I've upstarted, Barrio Grains, which just was uh, funded by the USDA, my third U.S. Department of Agriculture grant. So it's a big grant, and it's a capital investment grant. So look for Barrio Grains. The flour will be on supermarket shelves. The packaging is being perfected right now. Oh, yeah? Any any week now will be out and ready and available to the community. And that's my other thing I want to do is make sure people, if they are making the red, have access to the grain I have, which is the farmers. And it's a way to further support the farmers to make sure if there's any surplus, it's not surplus anymore because it Mm -hmm. funnels through Barrio Grains. Any last words you want to add before we sign off for the day? Heather, thanks for having me as a guest and sharing my mission and vision with everyone out there. And I'm so grateful every day I wake up and just proud to be a baker and supporting this community and not just a baker, but a food activist in this town. And truly my mission statement, connecting this community through the bread. It's my vehicle to reach people and to connect the beautiful, amazing people of Tucson, mm-hmm. Arizona, and Southern Arizona and beyond. Yeah, I'm just thankful for all the support, and I'm just going to continue to do what I do. People ask me what I'm going to do. More of the same. I love what I do. Why not? Mm-hmm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> I hope everyone enjoyed this episode of The Business Of. The information for today's show hopefully will inspire you to check out Barrio Bread if you haven't already, and even make some of your own bread at home. Thank you so much to today's guest, Don Guerra. And in case you didn't catch this episode from the beginning, it can also be found on Spotify by searching Tucson Metro Chamber or The Business of Tucson. Please follow Tucson Metro Chamber on all of our social media channels and check out tucsonchamber.org 
for upcoming events or membership information. Would you like to be my guest or sponsor an episode? Or would you like to share your legacy about the risks, reward, and resilience you've experienced as a feature in our next Chamber Edge magazine, the 125th anniversary legacy issue? Find me, Heather Wolpern, on our staff page under the Chamber tab at TucsonChamber.org. I'd like to thank our Executive Circle Catalyst members who support Tucson Metro Chamber mission to champion environment where your business thrives and our community prospers. They include Hexagon, Halua Lua Companies, and Institute for Better Education. Have a great day.